3: We couldn't break us down because we were so brave. I know we kept our pride throughout the year. Work hard and, and praise. No matter what the world has put us through, we come out on top in everything we do. Want to play with me? all work together, we know that we can win I love the way we walk I love the way we talk I love the way we, I the way we stand I'm blessed because I don't want that I love my people and there is no doubt We're gonna be alright is what I'm talking about Oh, I love we work hard every day and seldom rest. Woo-hoo. I love if I could have one wish come true, then you'll, you'll love me love like me. I love you. Like I love you. history. Without my my people without, without my, my people
4: You are listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you, for Thursday, July 5th, 2012. This broadcast is designed to service the African-American communities in Chicago and around the world. Tonight's segment is Black Wall Street USA. Join us right here every Thursday evening, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Standard Time for Black Wall Street USA. Our host is Mr. Ron Carter, chairman of, chairman of Black Wall Street District. Chicago, and publisher and editor of the South Street Journal. I'm Sonia Cassandra Perdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network and author of Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions, Book 1, 2010, and Mr. Carter's co-host for the show. Yes, we were on quite a break, but we're back in full force, and just stay with us because we got a lot of new visions that we're going to share with you on Chicago's Black Business Radio Network in the next 30 to 60 days, and I'm getting very excited. We began broadcasting in 2009, and it's it's been a great time and a great learning experience, but it's time to move to the next level, and I am definitely looking forward to that. Since our break, I have been working on CBN Business Journals, which features interviews with business owners and other innovators from around the world, and you can listen to those shows right here on our network, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. I've also been working on the broadcast for my book, Can You Answer the Tough Questions?, we broadcast those shows on another network, but you will be able to hear America answer the tough questions right here on our CBBN uh, in network in our archives. Tonight's segment, this is really exciting. Can you get excited about real estate? I can. Real Estate 2012, we have three specialists from around the country here to answer your questions about the current state of real estate. Joining us will be Mr. Harold Arnold with six years in American Investor Realty, a real estate giant that focuses on high-rise condominium developments in Chicago and other areas. And obviously, they're still selling. Somebody's still buying. Mr. Arnold Arnold. Is a Chicagoan and a supporter of both Ron Carter and the Black Wall Street Districts and CBBN. He has been to a few summits and has also joined us for some of our networking events. He knows Chicago real estate, so we're certainly looking forward to his perspective. For more information, for more information, visit Mr. Arnold at ChicagoCityHomeSales.com. Also joining us will be Miss Shante Bridges a seasoned professional who is experienced with uh, all aspects of real estate. She has worked with numerous high-profile clientele, celebrities, political, and chief executive officers. Miss Bridges' real estate resume is longer than my body, and we want to know what's going on out there in L.A. She has personally worked with Oprah Winfrey, Donald Trump, John Travolta, Jennifer Hudson, former U.S. President Bill Clinton, and many, many more. You can visit her at LosAngelesRealEstateNow.com. Joining us later in the evening will be Mr. Stuart Venner. He's a real estate advisor and consultant to Noah Dietrich, the partner of Howard Hughes. Mr. Venner is one of America's most knowledgeable real estate investors and consultants, and we're happy to have him here. You've seen him on Fox News, and he is often called upon by the media to share his real estate expertise. Mr. Venner is a director of Community Housing and Development Corp., a charity that has provided over $100 million in down payment gifts to buyers. For more information, visit RealtyCrisis.com We are certainly in the company Of some heavy hitters Tonight Now we know by now that if you've heard of the movie The Obama Effect That is scheduled to premiere in Chicago July 13th to the 27th, let's pack the house, Chicago, and Mr. Dutton will be in Chicago for the preview. So check out Chicago's Black Business Network for more information and where he's going to be. The Obama Effect also stars Cat Williams, Miss Vanessa Bell Calloway, and Glenn Truman. We look. Forward to this movie. I can't wait. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA. I'm Sonia Cassandra Perdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network, and you're producer for this show. We have over 1,000 small businesses connecting on CBBN now. Come over and join us. Let's bring on our host, Mr. Ron Carter, publisher and editor of the South Street Journal. I want to know what Ron thought about last week's show. Welcome to the show, Ron.
5: Well, thank you, Sonia. Glad to be back on this Thursday evening, and it is hot in Chicago, and I think it's more hot on the uh, Midwest than it is in sunny California, but uh, that's a reflection of what's happening with uh, Chicago and Chicago's Black Business Network, our radio program last week. definitely shot off some hot, and it may make some history. You do remember that Mr. Uh, Charles uh, indicated that he's looking at making a movie on Black Wall Street in addition to doing, he said, he can play in Washington. You remember that?
4: I do remember that. He said, I think we're both kind of like uh, robust fellas.
5: And I think I could do
4: that. I think I could do that. That's what he said. Yeah. So take the project to HBO. Let's see. Come on, Charles. Let's see what's going on with that.
5: Oh yeah. So yeah, we definitely got into Hollywood. It's uh, I think Sonia, you're kind of getting a trailblaze. First you did Hollywood on 43rd Street, now you bring in Hollywood right to the radio some more. But you got this Hollywood uh, biz going into your system or something. What's happening with you? Well,
4: you know, Ron, like I said, um, I don't know if you if you had called in, but I think that you know we've been on the air since 2009, and um, we uh, time to grow, and I guess you know that's part of it. You know, we got some heavy hitters tonight, and uh, you know you got some feedback on your phone too. It's like you got people in the background, but anyway, we, you know, so it's time to grow, and that's and that's part of it, um, and it's you know we and it's the way that I look at it. We're doing everybody. The big, the small, my business owners are in Chicago's Black Business Network are still very important to me, and they will definitely still be a part of this show. That is, That was why it was started, and we're not going to leave them behind. So all of that's very important to me. But in doing that, we're going to blend them in. We can all rise up together. It can all be a, a part of what we do. So I'm, I'm very excited about some of the things that are going to take place now and in the future. We've got some really big things getting ready to go on. We're not going to share them. Right now, but there's a lot of big things That are about to happen to Chicago's Black Business Network and the Black Wall Street Districts and uh, with this show As well, so I'm very, very Excited, and it was a good show It was a very good show, he stayed On an hour and a half, I'm not quite sure if he was About to stay on that long, but he Stayed on an hour and a half. He was supposed to be off at a certain time But Ron Carter <laughs> Those of you who listen to the show, do you know Ron Carter? Yes, Ron Carter talked to five minutes before nine, and Mister Dutton was supposed to be gone at eight thirty. Did I share that with you, Ron?
5: Oh uh, no, I know he got into it. You know, he he definitely enjoyed himself, and uh, we oh he was all he into did. it
4: wasn't he?
5: <laughs> oh yeah, right. He
4: was,
2: well, you he know, was
5: I'm. Well, I'm pretty excited about our show this evening as well with uh, uh, Earl, uh Arnold. He's been with us a, a long time, and then Ms. Uh, Bridges, and then uh, Mr. uh, uh I've, All three of them have a real special interest that I have regarding real estate, uh, primarily uh, commercial real estate, uh, because I know that in order for us to sustain and increase Black businesses, uh, I just want to fall back on uh, the words of Malcolm X. If you don't own no land, no land, you can forget it. You might as well just be a renter and uh, wait for the landlord to tell you to keep it going. So, if you want a piece of America, if you want to be able to have a a a piece of growth and stability. You've got to go for the land. Freedom is about the land, and it look like our guest this evening definitely focused on exactly that uh, ownership. So it's a um, it falls right in line with our agenda. It falls in line with the agenda when we had our meeting on June 26th, where we talked about the uh, Black Wall Street District. So we. Can Say that we have these black Wall Street districts all over Chicago, but these uh, our business owners are not owning any of this property. It's just a temporary type of show and tell. So I feel very good about the guests that we get on the TV.
4: And uh you listen to Black Wall Street USA. I'm Sonia Perdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network. That's Ron Carter, our host that you're listening to. And commercial real estate on the south side of Chicago, what is the state of the commercial real estate on the south side of Chicago line?
5: Well, it is very interesting. Uh especially when in the Inglewood community last year with the city uh, officials uh, from the Department of Planning, and one of those uh, city officials slipped their lip and said that the city is considering downzoning commercial space in Chicago. So naturally, that kind of up my antennas, because I looked at if you're going to downzone commercial space in Chicago, that means that that is a defeat, our developing our black Wall Street districts. So when I raised the question, it was we're just under consideration. And my thought, if the city of Chicago is taking anything under consideration, there is some motivation behind the consideration. So um, we have to, and then there are some strips in Chicago, such as 69th Street, uh, 79th Street, you'd be surprised that when you see a lot of vacant properties, commercial properties, and you wonder what's wrong with these landlords. But what we found out, what's wrong with a lot of these landlords is that they have acquired property, and they acquired property under the wrong zoning. So a lot of these uh, commercial properties are zoned residential, which is stopping them from opening it up for commercial, regardless if they on a business trip. And so that is a – land is a real particular focus that got to be paid attention to. And uh, that's something that we have to do, and I'm pretty sure our guest tonight is going to help us uh, really understand the not only the investments of real estate, but also some political ratifications of real estate as well. So I can't answer that question, Sonia, but I'm pretty sure our guests were targeting it on the four. Well,
4: looking at the west side, are they well, having excuse the same issues?
5: What are you talking? Why are you asking me that question? You was in real estate.
4: But it's been quite yeah. a while. I've been on, since I've been on the broker side, and the the I was a LO in uh, like two thousand two thousand and seven, and so uh, kind of when I left 2000, 2007 was the last time I did a loan. So kind of when I left, I just uh, sort of forgot about it. <laughs> but this is motivating. This is motivation for me. So I myself am looking forward to tonight because I really don't know what's going on either. But I'm about to step back into that arena. I do have an LO license and I do have a broker's license. They're just laying dormant, waiting for me to go back and pick them up and do it again. And probably I'm gonna I'm a, uh, talk to Harold over there. It's probably the time and uh, to get going again. Yes, I did my last one, on December of two thousand and seven and in the nineties I was a real estate agent. Uh I don't have the profile that Miss Bridges has, and that is something for me to grow into because she has a hell of a resume. And uh, these are really some heavy hitters. These are successful real estate people. And I think one of the questions I'd like to, to ask of them, is it time to go back? A lot of people left that industry at about the same time. A lot of people that were in there and making money went through the cracks just like everybody else and out of the game, totally out of the game. They were only in it because it was prosperous and it was the time. And, is it the time to go back? And probably everybody will not be able to survive. These people survived, uh, you know, the downtime. And so, if it's coming back up, they're they're right in the mix, right there at the right time. So that's one of the things I'd like to I'd like to know: Is it time to go back and start again? Is this a good time? And uh, commercial may be one of the areas because right now commercial you're not required. Uh, to have a license, unless that's changed, but I'm sure. What that it you're saying is you're not
5: required to have a commercial. You're not required to have a commercial license to sell commercial property. Is that what you're saying?
4: No, you're not. You could be a real you could be a real estate broker in commercial. It was like that. Has that changed? It may well have. I can ask that question. I haven't looked into it. I haven't been into it for a while, but I do know when I first stepped out of uh residential being a residential L O that uh you're not required I was not required to be licensed to be a commercial uh loan officer. You could do that and be a broker. Yes, you Okay. But I'm quite right. sure that some of that may have changed, you know, when money tightened up the rules, get tougher and tougher and tougher. Because it's my understanding now, at that time I had my license, I could be licensed in Illinois. But now if I go back, my understanding is that I need to be licensed nationally. Well, that's fine with me. I don't have a problem passing the test, and I can do that. And, and that's great. We're going to well, go to a – go ahead.
5: Yeah. Well, I do be hearing a lot of news bits about the real estate market is turning around, and, and I think I've been hearing more of that than anything. I don't know if that's something that our president, and I believe pretty much so, that he has some influence, or does that market just kind of take care of well, it
2: can't
4: it can't stay down. It's one of the you know the the biggest arms in the economy. If if uh, real estate stays down, it holds the country down. It reaches its hand into so many different things, not only from the building aspect, but even from the the back room, the clerical back, the backup that it takes to do a real estate loan. There are so many people involved in it. To close a real estate deal from attorneys to loan officers to clerks to appraisal people to title companies, on and on and on and on down the line. So when it hits the market, it affects the entire downline of all of those people who have jobs tied to that industry, and that's just one aspect of it. So you can't hold that down. The economy can't come up if the real estate is down. And I guess my other question will be, before we go to a break, is is it still as hard to get a loan? Because when I left, which is why I left uh, and did not make a decision not to do any more loans, couldn't close any unless it was absolute A paper with some equity, equity in the property, and it's real estate values were dropping, there was no equity. There was just not enough people to go around to be serviced, uh, high-caliber people, people with money, 700 scores, and equity. You had to have both of those. And, and that wasn't simply happening in the market that I served. I did the toughest loans out here. <laughs> I could close mm. any loan, any loan I could close. That's a Good I was, that's how much how well I knew the industry But that's not necessarily those loans that you want to have You don't want to necessarily do the hard loans all the time But I, I did some rough ones and I, and I got my people through You're listening to Black Wall Street USA I'm Sonia Cassandra Perdue, that's Ron Carter Publishing editor of the South Street Journal Our caller number is 347-326-9477 The chat room is open that's how we connect. Leave your company information and website links in the chat room, and we will be taking questions from the chat from the chat room. We open up the show with "I Love My People" by Mr. Oba William King of JustUsArts.org. We'll be right back with our first guest, Mr. Harold Arnold. I have trouble saying both of those words together, <laughs> Mr. Arnold. Right after the break. Thank you for being with us. You're listening to WJPCFN Chicago's Community Affairs Calendar, powered by Chicago's Black Business Network. I'm Sonia Cassandra Perdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network. Join us today and touch the world. WJPC FM Chicago, the soul of Chicago, salutes Ms. Sandra Bivens, Executive Director of the 51st Street Business Association in Chicago, for her continued commitment to the economic and cultural development of the Bronzeville Historical District. As a pillar in the community and youth advocate, Ms. Bivens has assured the positive growth and maintenance of the Bronzeville community. To donate money or volunteer, go to 5181 ststreetchicago.webley.com Sandra Bivens bringing Bronzeville into the forefront of urban living. Once again, you may visit them at 51ststreetchicago.webley.com The
6: school of Chicago WJPCChicago.com But you're inspirating Check out singer, songwriter, and radio personality Sylvia Fedrick. Sylvia, your sister under God's construction, brings to you her best in Christian contemporary gospel tunes. And they are available for download at www.sangseal.com. That's S-A-N-G-S-Y-L.com. Or you can visit her profile at Chicago Black Business Network. For bookings, call Sassy Michelle at 512-914-4221. Want to learn the secrets of the wealthy? Do you think that the wealthy sell their gold and silver, or do they buy gold and silver? Learn to create wealth, collect wealth, and preserve wealth for you and future generations. Find out how you can acquire free silver every month. Visit goldandsilverplan.com. That's goldandsilverplan.com. What you don't know can keep you struggling financially. What you know can change your life. Be in the know. Visit goldandsilverplan.com today. Wouldn't you just like to feel clean again? In Chicago and surrounding areas, unique towel cleaning service is the best cleaning service. We do basic cleaning and super cleaning, offices and apartment buildings. We will even clean your barber shop, your beauty shop, your spa or restaurant's towels and aprons. Call Unique Towel Cleaning Service at 773-484-5027. Ask us about our very special offer for our new clients. Call us at 773-484-5027 today. And feel clean again.
3: Be in business for yourself, but not by yourself. Team up with the company voted the 57th most promising by Forbes. With no money to collect from your customers, no credit checks, and no cost for you to join. Visit electricmoneyteam.com. 773-980-9288. That's electricmoneyteam.com. 773 com seven seven three. Bad credit can cost you.
6: Did you know that banks, landlords, and even employers may check your credit? And a poor credit score can cost up to $250,000 in interest and fees over your lifetime. The good news is that the Chicago Credit Building Coalition, a community partnership of 11 nonprofit organizations and city, offers free financial training, one-on-one coaching, and access to the right financial tools. Call Regina Banks at 773-706-8915. That's 773-706-8915 today and build the credit you deserve.
4: We're back in your list Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. I'm Sonia Cassandra Perdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network. Our caller number is 347-326-9477. The chat room is open. Leave your company information and website links in the chat room. That's how we connect. We will be taking questions from the chat room. To be a guest or sponsor, call us at 773-609-2226. Our topic this evening is Real Estate 2012. we happened in the real estate industry the past five years. Now, let's find out what's ahead in the industry. Let's bring our host back, Mr. Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Districts, to the show. You know, it's it's a challenge for me, but I'm I'm going to get it. And and then we're going to bring on our guest, Mr. Harold Arnold, Arnold. You know, I have a studio here, and it's talking to me right now. Um, Our show tonight, we're going to, um, we're not going to talk about all the trying times that we have. As Ron and I was talking in the beginning of the show, there's a lot that's developing, and I've been out of the the, sort of the loop for a while, and I'm trying to bring on our chairman. I've been out of the loop for a while, and uh, we have, three guests tonight, which certainly, uh, they've been going nonstop, it seems, even through what we are calling the real estate crisis. They, um, we want to find out, we do want to know how they experienced it. They have survived, though. And one of my questions also is, I know, in two thousand eight and two thousand nine, I was still getting calls from quite a few people as to what could they do, what should they do? because so many people that I had serviced you know during the past fifteen years or so, like many many other Americans, were experiencing a crisis they were indeed uh facing foreclosure. Some had multiple properties. A lot of investors uh, that I dealt with back then, they had multiple properties and were facing the same thing that uh, our individual residential owners were facing. Now, we do know that a lot of programs were implemented to help them through that. And I want to know uh, from Harold, Shante, and Stuart, were those programs and services really of assistance to them? We do certainly hope so. Or was that just the face uh, put on it? Was that just a Band-Aid put on the problem? I don't know, but I would like to know, and I don't know if I guess tonight will have the answer to that percentage-wise, how many people survived. And if they indeed did survive, what would be the state of their real estate holdings right now. And I think another question I would like to ask is what is the state of the property equity? What are the values in properties looking like right now? I know when I came out of real estate, and I'm still waiting for my system to come up so I can bring the chairman on, when I came out of real estate, the, the values were falling. But time, time heals a lot of things, and I, I can't see that real estate would be would be any different. Time heals a lot of things. And, of course, different areas go through different changes. Some areas, and I'd like to know what's going on out in L.A. right now, uh, some areas will sustain values. And some areas, believe it or not, even through those type of events, will be able to survive a a crisis. Now, L.A. County may well have, and I'm sure Ms. Bridges will tell us, L.A. County may well have some of the highest values in real estate in the country. And therefore, if they lost equity at that time, what percentage did they lose? Was it enough to take them down all the way? The difference between a multi-million dollar house losing value and a house that's 125000 losing value, that would be a quite different experience for those homeowners. So I'd like to know in that high-priced real estate area, What are the current values looking like for those particular areas? Also, I'd be curious to know, as far as refinancing now, I'm sure everybody who was anybody who had any property almost should have refinanced before 2008. Almost everybody who had any property, given what the rates were at that time, should have refinanced at that time. Now, uh, my question would be, what are the rates looking f- looking like now in the real estate industry? We know, because I did refinance uh, down to 3-point-something percent um, 2006, 2007, on a fixed rate. Now, we know there's a lot of hoopla now about fixed rates, adjustable rates, and that type of thing. And I think another question will be, are there still adjustable rates as they were out here in the real estate industry, or is that frowned upon at this time? Uh, we wasn't going to talk about what was happening. I'm still waiting for my system to come up. But since I, as Ron says, I do have this background. I do have a little bit about little knowledge about the history. I was right in the in the middle of it and in the midst of it. We have to also look at what was going on at that time as there was no income loans, and those were mostly for professionals as doctors, doctors, uh, lawyers were using those loans to purchase house houses. But as the banking industry opened up the qualifications, many small businesses started, if you were self employed, couldn't really document your income as you would by getting a paycheck every week, started using the no income verification loan format. And how did that help them to sustain during the crisis? And what is the state of that now? Because small business owners, if you still look at their documentation, they may have cash flow, but if you look at their expenses and everything, it may be a challenge for them to verify that their income. Listen to Black Wall Street USA, I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network, and Ron Carter is our host, and I'm going to bring him on in a moment or 2 waiting for my studio to come up, and then we're going to bring our guest in. Uh, Now, I think one of the most important things that we can touch your bases on tonight is how can the small investor get into the new game of real estate? How can they... Uh, get into the real estate game, there was a time, and it may still be, there were doing a lot of creative financing, moving toward doing a lot of creative financing in the commercial industry with 10% down, Uh, with the seller holding paper. There was a lot of things about to happen before the bubble bounced. As to how they were making opening the door for commercial investment, and some people were preparing themselves and moving themselves forward to take advantage of those new opportunities. There was uh, also during that time, and may not ever be again, or may it may be quite a while before that takes place. Uh, a lot of paper being held by a lot of different people. You could go get a loan and the silica hold paper. There were also quite a few contracts for deeds. And and there may well be in this time it may be easier to sell property under a contract for deed given uh, what the state of finance would be. Can you get a loan from the bank? Is it easier for the seller just to hold the paper and for you to refinance the property in five years and that type of thing? So those are a lot of questions that I'm putting out there and uh, Harold are you making a list? <laughs> so let's hope so when we come back uh, you can hopefully cover a few of those areas for us and answer a few of those questions for us for potential investors in twenty twelve quite a different um quite a different picture out there right now, but I'm sure there are still some possibilities, and I'm sure the possibilities are still about what it is that you know it's all about knowledge there's always. Always, always away. And I think part of moving into this new era of real estate is going to be about once again having the right knowledge. I did an interview on Fox uh, last year, yeah, 2010. I did an interview on Fox. And after the interview, the young man, uh, the interview was not about real estate. It was about Chicago Smack Business Network, but he saw my resume and know and knew that I had been into real estate, so he asked me after the interview if I regretted any of the loans that I'd done uh did I feel bad about doing the loans. I told him absolutely not that I was very, very, very thorough um about the way that I handled my customers. I was very thorough in the way that I handled my loans and how I explained the process to them. Um, I had no regrets. I did tell him I had possibly one regret, but I'll share that with you later. Let's see if we can welcome our host back to the show. Ron, are you there?
5: Yes, I'm here. Hi. All right. Uh, could you hear me? I hear you fine. You hear me fine? I hear you fine.
4: So I went I went back in time. I didn't know I was going back in time, but I went back in time.
2: Well, well uh,
5: you have listed uh, quite a bit of questions and statements, and I'm pretty sure our guests probably have been taking notes and got a real good insight on how to address many of those questions that you threw out. I don't know if those was really questions or statements that you was running with.
4: I thought I was getting ready to write a book, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. but i was getting ready to go. You know, like another <laughs> hour, but that's okay. I know that I, right. I can do it. I do know that I can do it. We're going to uh, we listen to Black Wall. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA, and we are having some some technical difficulties. You know that the
0: internet rules. The
4: internet internet runs the world. Carol Arnold,
5: Arnold, welcome to the show. How
0: are you? I'm, I'm fine. How are you?
5: Doing great. Great. Well, yeah, Carol, it's been a, quite a bit since I think the last we talked. We were coming from some meeting.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, a little oh, while I, back.
5: Right, right. So how have you been? I'm, I'm doing great. How's
0: how's everybody?
5: Well, we're moving along just fine. Uh, How are those uh, condos coming along?
0: Last I've heard that you were selling. They're they're coming along real good, and I'm going to make a quick pitch. Um, We are down to 24 units out of 309 units to sell. So we're down to 24 units, and we've done this in a uh, a three-and-a-half to four-year period. Uh, We still have Mm -hmm. some outstanding buys, and it is uh, a great opportunity right now because i I heard um, Sonya mentioned that we had a crisis. Uh, you could call it a crisis. It's a crisis for some, and 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 it hasn't been a crisis for others because most of our sales have been uh, cash sales, and we're right in the heart of downtown. Uh, when I'm mm-hmm. going into a, a speech, I will address some of Sonya's issues with the um, the housing uh, situation. Uh, the United States had a housing bubble okay because uh and basically what a housing bubble is is that the prices uh for housing just got to be too high and um do an explosive situation whereby uh, are you speaking people of couldn't...
5: nationally when you
0: say that oh, no, yeah, I'm, speaking s- I'm speaking of uh, i'm speaking of city wide i'm talking about statewide and nationally uh, what do you everyone, mean by the prices get too high? What does that really well, mean?
5: The, prices, the, price, the too
0: price, high. prices got so high that the uh it, it it it's almost like blowing a balloon. You blow that balloon and uh it gets bigger and bigger and sooner or later it burst. Uh so that's what happened with the housing. It just got uh to be too high for what the the average price was worth. Uh also so is was, that based not on greed, there was
5: or is that is that based on greed or is that based on
0: what the market would bear, or was that all well, the mar- is, is, is what the market it would it's what the market would bear at the time until the market couldn't bear it anymore okay, okay. and now we have a market that uh, at that time we had a, a seller's market where the sellers could basically ask for whatever amount they they would want for a particular property, and uh, many times they would get it. Um, now we're in a buyer's market where buyers are coming in and they're saying, well, we're going to pay for this, and the sellers have to agree whether they're going to let it go for that price or uh, make it less or uh, leave it alone and let it sit on the market. Um, So you're saying that the uh, buyers
5: are more in charge of the market now opposed to the sellers?
0: That's correct. It's It's a big buyer's market now. Now, what? Uh, now it depends on where you're at now, because we're starting to get a mixed market, and that's the way I look at it. Mixed because of um, where the housing might be at that you uh, mm-hmm. decide you want to buy, and uh, that's much of a demand it is. Like in downtown Chicago, there's more of a demand for people to live downtown, either as primary residence or second home. Residents part as an investment. Uh, as well, I've seen, I
5: heard a yeah. report whereby people mm-hmm. are actually not just here in Chicago and big cities, but if I could look at Futurama, future so to speak, and Futurama, um, say uh, the year 2050, that people are migrating more to the city because of its convenience and also because of its cost efficiency. So Futurama in the year 2050 or 2060 or so, that people will be leaving the suburbs and migrating more in the city. Is that the case? with the suburbs or the outer uh, smaller towns still have that? great market uh, demand,
0: or the cities are going to dominate? No, I I can't even begin to project what it might be in 2050, okay? I think this is just a little bit too far along. I'll let the people that want to project that.
5: Well, we project let me ask you this, though. So, not uh, not because 2050, because but, the... but, but, but let me ask you this here. Now, in 2040, the city of Chicago has already projected what the real estate and the trend will be for the year 2040. So you say not 2050, but do you see any pattern based on the Chicago metropolitan area planning Has set the standards of what Chicago is going to be in the year
0: 2040? Is Are, are they premature in doing that? I think they are. Uh I'm not okay. saying it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to plan. You can plan all you want, but a lot of it has to um you have to deal with what the situation is currently. Also, uh there were a, okay. a number of people that did not project that this bubble would burst. And it mm-hmm. burst, and we've had f- basically 4 to 5 years where uh we've had uh property values fall. Now, when I say property values fall, I mean all over the the nation, and we've never really experienced that. We've had property values fall in certain areas, but not all over the nation. Okay, So um, this has affected everything, but there were a lot of issues with that. Some of it was the banks just uh, uh, having a lot of uh, situations with uh, how they – Loaned out money and what types of investments they made and uh, playing the stock market and we still have some of that now. Uh, if you look at Chase Bank uh, recently, what they've had uh, overseas, yeah. you've had had this Barclay uh, uh, Barclay Bank, right. which is an overseas bank, but it also uh, there's branches in well, the United know, States. Well, you know,
5: a lot of so. all right. Well, there's a lot of uh, news bits. Every it seem as though for the last month or so, I've been hearing a lot of news bits that the real estate is making a turn. Do you see that, and if that's the case, what contribute to this turn, or is it back to what you said that the buyers
0: are calling the shots in real estate well i i'm gonna say say to you personally, I've seen a big turn at the building that I'm at, we're down to 24 units. Last year, about this time, we were, we were over 115 units last year mm-hmm. at the same time. So uh, we've almost sold 100 units within 12 months, okay? Right.
5: Now, now, that uh, is a certain
0: now, income level. Now, those are, now, when you say cash, those are match, cash buys. Right? Yeah, those are cash buyers, but, but we've had some mortgage buyers, too. Not that many, but we've had some mortgage buyers. On the other end, when it comes to uh, foreclosures, there's a market there, especially for those that may have uh, have been able to save some cash to buy a foreclosure at a a very uh, inexpensive rate, uh, especially Uh in parts of the inner city, south side, west side, uh there have been some people that have picked up a number of properties that way, and they have bought them in cash and the only thing they have to worry about is uh fixing it up and also paying the taxes on it so okay. those are uh, uh that's a big market and it's a very uh it is it's also becoming somewhat of a seller's market because I've known of people that and I've even had clients before I got into the high rise sales business uh hmm. I had some clients that tried to buy with uh with the banks. And hmm. I would say about one out of every four were successful. And, right. uh, okay. and well, that's because they did not they did not have the ca- they didn't have the cash. Uh right. because cash is king and if someone uh some investor decides he likes the house just as much as you and he can uh pay a hundred percent cash and you have to wait thirty days for a loan the person's gonna get you know, the bank is gonna get the cash. Uh, the person. So the you cash. are speaking
5: on the high end of more of higher income. Now, when you look at other communities, even if we can go as the concern about communities such as uh Inglewood or Roseland, is that mm-hmm. housing market happening there as well or is it uh just um not moving or they're still moving, given that that may be where a lot of the foreclosures that exist?
0: It depends on how you look at it. Some of it is moving, uh, especially if the, some investors are involved in some of the areas that they think that the housing stock looks pretty good. And the key to that is on the inside of the house, not just the outside, but the inside. Mm-hmm. The inside, it looks pretty good there's not a lot of work to do with it, then generally someone's gonna uh uh pay for it and buy it up. If it's in an area that uh, is not crime ridden, then uh generally uh, uh people will buy more of uh, uh more homes in that area. Uh right. a lot of it has okay. to do with how people perceive uh the area and especially the buyers, how they perceive that particular area. And, okay. um, yeah, that's the way I mm. can explain
5: it. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, Sonia, how are we looking here?
4: We're looking great. I'm still working. <laughs> You're listening to Black Wall Street USA. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network, and it's Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. Carol, we want you to stay on. We're going to bring on Ms. Bridges. We're not going to go to another break right now because of our downtime. But uh, tell, our, tell our listeners how they can contact you, Harold, and what building are you working at downtown?
0: Oh, okay, thank you. Uh, the building that I'm working at is 200 North Dearborn uh, Private Residences. It's on the corner of Dearborn and Lake. Uh, it's a uh, 309 uh, condominium unit building, uh, 47 stories, uh, beautiful building, and I always look at it as a type of building that uh, one would uh, want to buy and customize their particular unit. And we're down to about 24 units now, and uh, we anticipate probably selling out in the next two to three months. Uh, my number, 312-523-8174, is my uh Direct number three one two five two three eight one seven four. You can call me at any time and I will do my best to respond. Thank you. Great, Thank you.
4: Harold. Thank you for being with us. And uh, I'm gonna come back with you. I'm gonna come back to you with some of those
0: questions I had as well.
4: Can I ask you just one thing, Harold? What's the price range yeah. of those condominiums?
0: Uh we have a price range right now, uh, because we've had a lot of sales. About one ninety for one bedroom and about two fifty for a two bedroom uh that's on the low end okay.
4: wow, and, and that's uh, not really yeah. bad, not for downtown,
0: yeah. is it no, Wow no, it's not bad, and we're right in the heart of the theater district, which is makes it nicer. We're around uh, everything I, yeah well, you're, no talking wonder. Commerc- you're talking about commercial uh real estate we're we're near it. And we're not too far from the the high-priced truck building. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Ms. Bridges, we want to welcome
4: you to the show. Uh, Ms. Bridges is a seasoned real estate professional who has had a lot of experience working with a numerous number of high-priced profile clientele. I want to thank you, uh Miss Bridges, for being with us out of LA over there doing our little ups and down here. Uh on Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. But we want to hear about some of the things that you're doing out. Welcome to out there in LA. Welcome to the show. Welcome,
1: welcome. Thank you for having me.
5: Great. Well yes, it's our pleasure to have you here. Uh, LA was my hometown. I came back to Chicago uh, by a vacation and end up staying and leaving L.A. Uh, so are you really fair? Are you Yes, I am.
1: Yes, okay. I am. I love L.A. Okay. Yes, I will so, be here.
5: All right. So, have your experience in real estate, um, you, you focus in Los Angeles, but in looking at some of the clients that you have worked with, uh has that have you to uh do your real estate practice around the country or you focus basically in Los Angeles
1: as far as real estate, I'm focused in Los Angeles, but I also work in the entertainment industry. And so a lot of the clients, clients, they come in here for award shows and other things, and we're involved in some of those sectors. So I work some of the large award shows that everyone sees on TV. I'm involved with the Oscars and the Emmys and the ACP and all those things that you see on TV. So a lot of those clients, they come here actually for those shows, and I'm involved in that as well.
5: Okay, when you say involved when that are in the entertainment, is that based on providing entertainers real estate, (laughs) or are you actually uh, a producer for the entertainers? What role in entertainment are you?
1: I actually am a talent coordinator, and I've been involved with the entertainment industry as well as real estate for over 18 years. So Over 18 how years. it's you, been a long, long time.
5: Well, that's about the same time I was uh, publishing South Street Journal. Eighteen years. Eighteen years is a long time. I can that's vouch right. for that. So, how are you balancing both industries that have such a diverse type of operation—real estate, then the <laughs> sensitivity of entertainers? Uh, how are you balancing this?
1: How are you are you put? You have air? Yes, with the entertainment industry, a lot of the award shows are annual shows, and they're once a year. So literally, that could be um, one per month. So you're looking at twelve per year. I may see them a uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and don't see them again for another year. So oh, you can sort okay. of balance it out. So my main focus is real estate. We're doing a lot of real estate here. But a lot of times I am spending my weekend with a lot of celebrities, a lot of celebrities, and I've been doing it for several years. Well,
5: then you're into real estate. You're working with the the entertainers. But at the same time, it seems as though you have a very advocacy type of uh, commitment as well with some of the organizations, the Habitat for Humanity, Make-A-Wish Foundation, HOUSE, Uh, to home, uh, state-operated juvenile home. So, again, uh, I guess I'm trying to split you up that you're in the entertainment, you're in the real estate, and then you have this social advocacy um, uh, part of you as well. You sure you have hair on your
1: head? You have a it yes, hair. Yes, yes. I'm a strong advocate for giving back, giving back to the community, giving back to the next generation, and taking the baton and handing it along. So I'm involved in our community. I'm a Christian. I'm involved in church. I'm involved in helping the needy. I write for the media. I'm one of the contributors for the real estate articles. A lot of them that you're reading, a lot of my quotes and articles are featured on a lot of blogs. So I'm involved and I'm constantly giving back back to the next person and to the person who will go behind me and beside me, and let's just do this together.
5: Well, I have to ask you this personal question. Are you married? Do you have
1: children? Yes, I am married. You I are have a wonderful, wonderful You married, and you have children, husband. and
5: you still doing all of this?
1: Yes, I have a wonderful, wonderful supportive husband. Yes.
4: Sonia,
5: is it Superwoman or what? What, what, what are we talking to here, Sonia? Well, okay. she's setting
4: she's setting a standard, and we should follow right in her footsteps and repeat the process. I'm listening. I'm taking notes. So
5: it's we're, great. Well, let, let great. Let me, right. So let me ask you about the real estate. Uh, Harold just kind of uh, made the uh, an assessment that it is a market after the real estate kind of ballooned out. Are you witnessing that same uh, phenomena in uh Los Angeles?
1: In Los Angeles, here, the real estate market is still heavily affected a lot You still see a lot of homes, you still see a lot of foreclosures, you still see a lot of bank owned properties and which is good and bad because for that first time home buyer who's always wished and dreamed of getting into their first home, they're now able to for that person or that that young you know graduate from school who always wanted to get in that luxury neighborhood now they can actually reach for it. Our market here and the prices here are pretty exorbitant. Um, you can be in a standard home because you lived there before you know some of the neighborhoods. And in a regular home, the average medium could be 500000 and up, which is very, very high. And so with the market in as it is.
5: Up. Okay, when you say the medium, um, I mean, I am somewhat familiar with L.A. Which yes. part of L.A. would you say is 500000 medium?
1: Yeah, Ladera Heights, Beverly Wood, Bel Air, Santa Monica, North Hollywood, Glendale, Burbank. There's just a mixture. And then in more of the um, other areas, we have a 300 sort of it, – it's fluctuated. It's fluctuated now because well, be kind of you're finding you're four let everywhere.
5: Let's, let's look at what is the medium uh, uh, so I can get a good view. <laughs> 'Cause uh, you know where's on now Compton. Say a house in Compton. What's the medium uh house um cost in Compton or well, watts?
1: Somewhere between one one and two hundred something. one, okay. two something is you know, there are a lot, a lot of foreclosures there still. There are a lot of homes have that been a hurt. bargain
5: price is that a bargain price at uh one fifty to two hundred thousand for
1: California real estate? Yes, you know California is high very very high for a long time we had not seen one hundred anything out here.
5: Well, see, you would come to Chicago and you just get happy, happy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I watch these you know, shows on television, seeing people purchasing these homes in the 100 and 200s. I'm looking what out here is no way you would get anything like that for that price.
5: Right. Well, just as Harold was talking about, he's selling these luxury condominiums right in the heart of downtown Chicago. For uh, approximately around two hundred thousand, <laughs> and I would imagine that that probably would be maybe about five hundred thousand in the right middle of Los Angeles or right in the middle of Hollywood. It can yes. be uh, six hundred thousand or so.
1: Yeah, it would definitely be um, five hundred for sure, without question.
5: Okay, so how do you assess the future? Uh, and then are you are you looking at California real estate future has no bearing on the nation, or does it follow the nation as well, or is it this is equal to the nation, or does it have a uh, uh, a market industry all to itself?
1: My personal perception is that we are affected as well as other areas are affected by what's happening here just with the negative equity overall in the United States. So you have a lot of homeowners who are still underwater. You have a lot of homeowners who are still attempting to refinance. You have a lot of others that are still attempting to get into the market. So we do affect one another. So what's happening there does affect us here, and what's happening here does affect the other areas. You know, we're still recovering. We haven't recovered, um, but we're still recovering. And so the way that it's moving, we're all affected, yes.
5: Okay, well then, again, as I talk to Harold, I've been hearing in the news a lot of news bites that the real estate market is turning around is bouncing up uh do you see that same uh focus as these news uh bits the um saying that the real estate industry is coming back um or is it just a trend that? I think Sonia stated earlier that it's naturally going to turn around because it just that's the way it is.
1: I have a twofold answer to your question. I do hear the signs of housing recovery over and over again, yet we all know that we're still not there yet. But if you study, you know, economy, you know anything that goes down always eventually comes back up. So yes, I agree with Sonia that eventually it will turn around, but in my world, in the real world, I still work with a lot of clients, a lot of individuals that are very, very affected by what's happening. So I have to look at what's really happening, so even though it's recovering, it's not recovering as fast or it's not recovering at an excessive speed of rate. So, yes, it's moving, but um, when you look at the people who are still underwater, you kind of have to wonder about that. Yes, it's happening, but can it happen a little faster, you know? Mm -hmm.
5: Okay. Well, it relates to the, uh, from real estate to this background of entertainment with you. here you are working with uh, Oprah Winfrey, uh, Winfrey, uh, Donald Trump, John Travolta, Jennifer Hudson, uh, former United States President Bill Clinton. What are what is your role working with the vast of business people, entertainers, and politicians? Are you doing PR for them? Are you doing consulting with them? I mean, is this public relations? What is your role with these variety of people?
1: A lot I've had a lot of clients over the years and so they have different roles depending on whether they were a client or depending on whether I was working with them on a special project. So they, it's it's very vast and I have a lot of disclosures I find so I'm limited at what I can communicate. But as far as right. Oprah Winfrey, for several years um she as everyone is aware, she had her own show. And so she had a contract here in California. So when she came to L.A., I was one of the persons who was assigned to her when she was coming into L.A., and that was for several years. And so in that role, I did work with her for a long, long time. And then different Um, other people you name I may have worked with them the president um, Clinton at the time when he was president I worked with him once I met him once I worked with him once I was signed to him I didn't even know I was going to be working with him and I believe that's part of the protocol when working with the United States president I'm not quite sure I wasn't versed in it I hadn't ever done it before I was not even aware that I was chosen to work with him (laughs) So um, I found myself. He came. He came to California, and I found myself standing in front of the president and being told that I was assigned to work with him at that moment. Mhm.
2: Okay. So, so it really. Then, what if you, yeah. Okay.
1: It really varies. it depends on the role I'm working in, whether I'm handling any property for someone, whether I'm doing a contract, whether I'm doing consulting or whether we're doing the entertainment stuff. So it really varies, but there have been a lot of millionaires I've worked with throughout the years. there've been a lot of celebrities there' been a lot of dignitaries, and pretty much that's who my clients and the people I've worked with and associated with who they've been, as well as you know the first time home buyer and students and that sort of thing.
5: Well, you know, I hate to kind of stereotype you, uh, but there was this um, uh, TV show. I don't get into TV that much, but this was this, uh, this is a sister. She was a, she was, I think she was, well, you know, she had this affair with the president, but at the same time, she was more of a troubleshooter. When there's always a problem, they called on her to clean up the mess. Are you a cleanup lady?
1: One of the things I kind of a little bit – and actually, that's funny that you said that because that's one of the things I do with the media – Um, one of the reasons why they contact me is the story of Breakout about real estate or actually in small business and they'll come to me for a quote on it. And so it kind of, they want you to kind of tell them the real story. They want you to tell them, hey, what's really going on with this? And so that's one of the things that I kind of do in the background. A lot of things I do in the background, people don't even know I was involved, kind of like a ghostwriter kind of thing. And so I do do a lot of writing and I've been published a lot. I do a lot of publications, a lot of real estate and a lot of the other arena, so that's funny that you made that analogy, sort of like that it's it's a lot of things that go on, and most of it's business, you know it's up to par, it's business, and a lot of it's consulting.
5: mm, so the newspaper uh, me being a newspaper uh, publisher, I would have a ball with you just picking your brain on things and coming up with my uh uh my unzip uh, column. is that correct,
1: yeah. That's correct. That's kind of what happens. The media contacts me each week. And it's not just real estate, actually. They'll contact me, everything from women to business to you kind of name it. To, and it's kind of funny. They'll even ask me things about, um, you know, my opinion, all kinds of off-the-wall topics and that sort of thing that have nothing to do with me. So, um, yeah, they do it all the time. I think Woman's Weekly or something, Woman's Today and those kind of magazines calls, some of everybody has contacted me now. I was published last year over 100 times. I lose track, actually.
5: <laughs> so you, you're balancing all of this here. Uh, you, you have a family, and you're still involved with uh, high celebrities and into real estate and then the social advocacy. Uh, how do, let me, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Black Wall Street, or are you?
1: a little bit i'm just learning about it okay.
5: well how do you um portray the black community as far as parity in the real estate uh game are are we you know there, we did a show maybe 2 years ago that key continues to stick with me is that the uh uh the white and compared to blacks, blacks have maybe about 18%, $18 in assets compared to whites with 89% of uh, uh, assets. Do you see that that is true or too far off?
1: Basically, from my own perspective, you do see that that is true. And one of the things that I love about from what I've understood from Black Wall Street is that we're educating the minority sector. We're educating our community. We're giving them the tools to go out there to buy real estate, to purchase real estate, to get involved, to get in the game. And we're not only giving them the tools, but you're telling them why, how, and giving them incentives in doing that. Even in a down market, we're letting people know how important this is, why you want to do it, why you want to help your children to be able to do it. And so I applaud your efforts. I applaud everything that they're doing, everything you're doing. I, I applaud Sonya and the show, and it's fabulous, and continue to do it and keep up the great work.
5: Okay, so then you see that there is a a a chance to close that gap, uh, based on if it's the white is eighty nine percent assets and blacks is something like eighteen cent uh, eighteen dollars an asset, do you see that that gap can close or is that gap widening?
1: I mean, it looks like it's widening, but it could close. I I, I can't. I'm not quite sure if I can answer that.
5: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, in your – so which area are you mainly focused in? Is it more the real estate – I think you answered it somewhat earlier – or the entertainment uh, or consulting in the media?
1: More so the real estate. We we have a lot going on in real estate. I I am a certified real estate specialist for the federal government as well, so I handle a lot of the airports, the real estate, the buildings – and it's the contracts for all of those. So I'm one of those persons outside that people don't see. But I, they contract me to actually handle their contracts as well.
5: Okay. So you're uh, more, is that mainly more into commercial real estate than residential?
1: I mainly do residential, but I also handle government acquisitions as well. I handle the contract portion, dealing with the contracts and, and their leases and that sort of thing.
5: Mm -hmm. Now, Sonia made a a statement earlier. She indicated that uh, there's no special, if you have a real estate license, that you're able to uh, do any type of real estate, commercial or residential. Is that the case with your experience? Yeah. There's no special license this year?
1: No. You, if okay. you are licensed in the state of California, and you can do lights with your license, it is for that particular state. In order to operate outside of the state, you have to have a license for that state. But you can handle residential as well as commercial with that license.
5: Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Miss Sonia, how, how you how you feel? This Bridges gave us a, a versatile. Matter of fact, she actually missed our show last week I would assume when we had uh, Charles uh, uh, Dutton on where he, he, you know, have you ever worked with him
1: before? No, I haven't. I haven't worked with everybody but uh, close.
5: <laughs> well, that's somebody You probably you you have to tell uh, Charles Dutton that uh, you talked to uh, Sonia Perdue and Ron Carter. I'm pretty sure he loved to work with you. He's going to Doing some work on the uh, Black Wall Street uh, movie per se, and also with our on our great mayor Harold Washington, uh, Miss Sonia.
4: We're looking great. I want to thank Harold Arnold and Shante Bridges for being with us. And uh, just to round it up a little bit, uh, Ms. Bridges, tell our listeners how they can contact you.
1: They can contact me at Los Angeles Real Estate Now. That's Los Angeles real estate n o w dot com. Great,
4: and uh, I'm going to ask both of them this question before we go to a break. Harold, I'll ask you first. If you were going to advise someone now to invest in real estate, what would, what would be your advice to them? How would you tell them to go about it? What would you tell them to do if they want to get well, into real estate now?
0: The, if they wanted to get into real estate, I would say. Uh, the big three words, location, location, location. That's what I'm seeing that's uh, going on with the market. It's the way I look at it. It's a little bit of mixed, okay? And um, location is key. Price is very important. And the uh, type of property that you want to invest in, I would say those three areas. And um, and business- uh, and okay. it's a great opportunity right now for buyers to buy.
4: Great so Miss Bridget. If you're, if, oh, I'm sorry, Harold.
0: Go ahead. No, and I was just gonna uh finish and just say that uh uh it's great. Uh if you're a good buyer, this is the time to buy. If you uh still need to work on credit and uh and you may have credit issues, this is the time to work on those because uh, I would say in the next year or two, you're going to see prices going back up.
4: And what is the credit required now, Ms. Bridges, to
1: purchase a house? What I'm sorry, you said what credit is required?
4: What are the credit requirements now to purchase, say, a single-family home?
1: Here in California, a lot of times they're looking for a two-year employment history. They want a stable employment history if possible. They're looking at your debt. Your credit-to-debt ratio, so you want to keep that limited. If you're not paying all cash and it's FHA, you want to pay off any old debt. Like if you have debt that hasn't been paid, you want to pay that off so you can get approved for a loan. You want to be able to provide um, proof of income. You want to be able to have a down payment and possibly closing and other costs ready to go. Mm, be a legal citizen, you know, um, um, try, if you have a recent bankruptcy or foreclosure, you may want to wait a couple of years before dabbing into it and that sort of thing. Uh, but
5: let me uh, ask you, you said be a legal citizen in order to <laughs> I knew purchase. I going to do that. What? <laughs> what? <laughs>
1: what? Yes, yes. We have we you know, if you wanna purchase property and you're not we've had people come to us that weren't making cash purchases that were not legal citizens that attempted to purchase property here.
5: Wait a minute, uh, are you thinking is that that's in California or that's nationally? No, that no, that was that, 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 to was, to
1: that was that was that was a specific case in California. That was someone specific.
5: Oh, because so you because mean, you, know, you they, say the, they had special program. Uh, uh, the Japanese that purchased <laughs> right. this tower, they did it. Now, uh, Iran, yes, hello.
0: I will have to say that you know there's different. You really have three categories of, uh, of people that live in this country. You have citizens. You got a illegal a citizen and you have um, people with green cards, okay? And that means that they are not a citizen, but they are allowed to live here. They can go to school here. They can buy property, things like that. Uh, We have sold to uh, foreign investors uh, at 200 North Dearborn.
5: Okay, so then that...
0: Ms. Bridges, you're
5: speaking, basically, uh, that is the law in California that you have to be a legal citizen to purchase property.
1: No, not no. not generic. I'm not saying just carte blanche. I'm not saying carte blanche. I was I actually was referring to a specific situation, <laughs> a specific situation uh, of someone
0: yeah. who wasn't was El eligible. Yeah, yeah, and if they're illegal, uh, then they're going to have a hard time purchasing property. If they're illegal, and usually uh, your illegal citizens are not going to put themselves out there too much because they know if they do, they'll be deported. Okay.
1: Well, you, right. would think, well you would think that, right? <laughs> you well, would think but, that they wouldn't go well, not to attempt yeah. that.
0: Yeah, well. but some of them, some of them may try, but in the loan, if they're trying to get a loan, the banks are very scrutinize everything. So. Yeah, uh, and well, a legal citizen. I want you
5: two before we go to our next guest and we go to a break, okay. do you okay? any of his works had any bearing on the real estate industry?
4: You say that out. They couldn't hear the question, Ron.
5: Do you think that the president, um works have any bearing on the real estate industry?
0: Are you talking about our president, President Obama? Oh, okay, yes. Okay, you're saying President Obama, some of his programs, if they have Yes, any... does
5: any of his programs have any okay. type of bearing in the real
0: estate industry? Oh, uh, definitely. Uh, I would okay. say um, uh, some of the uh, situations that he has with HUD right now, where they have pushed the banks to refinance. Uh, various people's properties because they were underwater or they were behind in payments. That's a big thing. Uh, however, the banks have been real slow at doing it. But sometimes the actual buyers have been re- or the homeowners have been real slow to try to get their loans reprocessed. Uh, I would also say uh, you know the impact on the, on the employment situation has a lot to do with. With uh, buying a house If you're not employed okay. You're not going to be able to buy a house uh, It's almost just that simple Unless you have money stashed away somewhere and you can pay pay. Okay,
5: Ms. Bridges, How do you feel? Do you think that uh, the same question Do you feel that the president uh, Programs had any bearing On the real estate market
1: Yes, I agree with Tim. The White House has detailed several mortgage refinance plans for homeowners to help homeowners actually to lower, reduce their monthly mortgage bills. And then you hear of um, this new one, the Homeowner Bill of Rights, that calls for access to simple mortgage disclosure forms. And it actually protects current homeowners from inappropriate foreclosures, which is a major thing because one of the biggest problems that we have seen is a lot of people losing their home. So if there is a bill in place that will protect homeowners that once they purchase a home that they're able to keep it, then that's great. Bravo. Um, it hasn't been implemented yet, but it's something that we're hearing about. So those sort of programs are very, very beneficial to the minorities in general um, to help, and, and homeowners overall.
5: Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Sonia.
4: Thank you. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA. Before we go to the break, I'd just like to make one comment about the status uh, from my point of view of homeowners going through the foreclosure process and trying to get their properties refinanced or get some waivers and uh, with the banks and that type of thing, because I worked in the area a little bit. The process is very difficult. You're asking the average American to go through a process of almost doing their own loans with the amount of paperwork and the questions uh, that they asked them, with the process and the follow-up. What happened to a lot of people, and I do mean a high percentage of people, as they tried to work with the banks to restructure their loans, they fell through the cracks because they could not fulfill the requirements, understand the requirements, or have the wherefore to, to complete the process. The process is difficult. When you're calling banks and calling banks, trying to submit your information, their fax machine didn't work or was overwhelmed or the fax number was changed and you didn't know it. When you're submitting paperwork and you're trying to find out if they received it, the process was horrendous for them because a lot of paperwork was lost. When you're talking to people because they moved it in so fast who didn't know what they were doing themselves, it was a very difficult process for the homeowner and a lot of them just could not follow through all the way to the end of the process. I do know some people who got through the process, but these people are diligent and qualified in other areas. If you ask the average person, it's almost a possibility for them to fulfill those requirements, and the banks knew it, the people who wrote the rules knew it, the people who created the process knew this. Then there was time constraints on when it had to be done, and a lot of people, because of all of these blockers and all of these barriers, could not get through, did not get through. So then these companies come in to take over and do it for the homeowner and charge them a fee. Well, we know anytime there's money to be made, there's going to be some unscrupulous people out there to do it. But the banks and the industry saw that people were once again going to move in and you know, handle this restructuring process for them. So then they started making up rules and making policies to stop them from doing that because the banks did not want that done and the banks controlled the money. So I say that to say this, and then I'll go to the break. They put on the face of trying to help. The American homeowner When it was not their intention Of the true thing that, that was going on They knew that some people would fall through the cracks They knew that a large percentage Of them would fall through the cracks And that is what happened So they put on the face with these programs As to what's going to happen With the homeowner And a lot of them just could not make it Through the process And I'm going to say the thing about illegal aliens purchasing homes There was Banks who let and uh, when it was hot out there and money was flowing and everything was going, they weren't asking about your citizenship paperwork. That's how a lot of Hispanics got home. They were going for it. We know the standards, uh, the requirements for purchasing homes was lowered. It was lowered for everybody. And okay. one of the selling points was they weren't asking were you a citizen or not. At some banks, and I won't name those banks because I want them coming after me. But that was a, a selling. Oh, that was a plus because they wanted that business. They named it and structured it and called it something else because the banks make up the rule. You listen to Black Wall Street, USA. I want Mr. Arnold to stay with us, and Miss Bridges, if you would please. Our other guest is not on the line right now. But what we're going to do is we're going to go to a break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to WJPCF in Chicago's Community Affairs Calendar, powered by Chicago's Black Business Network. I'm Sonia Cassandra Perdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network. Join us today and touch the world. Have you ever given any thought to becoming a medical assistant? Join LearnCPRChicago.com on Saturday, July 14th at noon in Woodridge, Illinois, to participate in a free two year CPR. Certification class. This event is open to anyone interested in becoming a medical assistant. We invite everyone to register at drcatherineandassociates@yahoo.com. at yahoo.com. For more information, go to learncprchicago.com. Like them on Facebook at learncpr at Facebook.com. This is a fantastic opportunity that you should share with all of your friends.
6: The soul of Chicago, wjpcchicago.com.
3: Does your insurance company work for you? Hi, this is Ken Robinson, President and CEO of Ken Robinson Associates Limited. We are an insurance brokerage firm located at 5963 West Madison Street, Chicago, Illinois. Our phone number is 773-626-0883. We make the insurance experience easier by shopping for you, saving you time and money. Our agency features the best insurance products, giving you the most competitive prices, we ensure needs for less featuring life, health, annuities, homeowners, auto, SR22, bond cards, business owners' policies, general contractor's liability, and vacant buildings. Now, we also offer coverages most major insurance companies no longer offer. Please call for a free quote at 773 626 0883.
1: Are you the parent of a troubled teen, or you just want to have a closer relationship with your child? If so, sign up for our free webinar called Five Easy Tips to Effective Communication with Your Teen Right Now, hosted by teen expert, Relief Henry. Log on to com forward slash webinar. Walking down the street now is a dangerous thing. There are drug dealers, crack houses, gang members, and crackheads. People fighting, cursing, and killing too. So much chaos, we don't know what to do. But if people only knew that they are hurting little children, if they could only see what our community could be. When the consultation, one, stay calm. Two, try to say something positive. Three, tell the person what's on your mind. Four, ask if the person understands. Five, Thank the person for listening, if you can. Come on, y'all. Let's be an example. It has to start somewhere. Head about now? For more information on ways to prevent violent crimes, contact Totally Positive Productions at 773-488-9553.
6: You know, I've learned a lot in business. There are some things that you just have to have if you want to be successful. A great-looking website, some stunning business cards, and a catchy design. You never get a second chance to make that first impression. Why not let TCC Printing make that first impression for you? At TCC Printing, we've got you covered. We guarantee your best impression. Let us start working on your success today. Give us a call at 312-217-0652 or visit us on the web at printpowersolutions.com.
4: You're listening to Black Wall Street USA. Our host is Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street District Chicago, publisher and Editor of the South Street Journal. I'm Sonia Cassandra Perdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network. With us tonight are two real estate specialists, Ms. Shante Bridges out of L.A. and Mr. Harold Arnold out of Chicago. I would like to ask Ms. Bridges, and you don't have to tell me who it was, what is the The most expensive, how much was it, house, and describe it for us that you've ever, ever sold. (laughs) I just want to know.
2: (laughs)
1: I'm trying to see if I, you know, I I don't know if I can share it. They make me sign these so many papers when you're dealing with celebrities and um, a lot of it, you have to be careful. We with. didn't
2: ask who you sold it to. Uh, we oh my 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 we
1: my didn't ask who, we bought it, <laughs> my how my. my. She wants e- to be
4: very careful.
1: <laughs> I look not like, you. I lose track of what what I saw. Like, what can you disclose that? And, it, uh, it was something. It was it was a very high price. Profile person and property. I don't, I, you know. Well,
4: I
2: want.
1: I, I, okay, I I, you know, I'm, you I, I don't know I, for sure if arms. I can. If I can disclose it, I'm really not certain. I, I, I'm not certain. I apologize well, for that. They, well, they do. They're very, very private. And many times, um, at one point, I wasn't even sharing um, who I was working with. And at times, I can't even share. Who I'm working with sometimes.
4: Well, that's fine. Well, let me ask you a the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, question this way, and I'm, I'm sure you can you can tell me. Well, if I can is. tell
1: you a fun Annabelle, I um I actually sold a house of a backup singer to Elvis Presley, one of his first backup singers, original. That like oh. like. And she's still alive, isn't that? That's kind of like a funny antidote. She's a minority woman. I
4: did, oh, okay I
2: didn't Yeah, know and, things, and, she's, okay, and she's here in California
1: That's kind of like interesting Because you know how, I don't know People are in that Elvis thing so. Anyway <laughs> <I don't know. laughs>
4: I'm going to ask a question like this Well, I'll, I'll share a celebrity thing uh, The first mortgage company I worked for I shared an office with one of the Ikeettes she, uh, she was with, what's, what's her name? I Tina Turner, she was one of the backup singers. Uh she was on mm-hmm. Proud Mary doing her thing. And she says she used to come back. She used to do mortgages way back then. And she come to when she come to Chicago, they be on break. She come do loans, and she leave, and she's on the primary cover. I cannot remember her name. And uh, we, she's she was a blast too. She was something else too. And uh, I could see her being out there with Eker Tina Turner. She was a bullet. But let me ask you this question, and this is probably something that you can tell because I'm sure it's listed. What's the highest priced property you have listed now? Can you describe that? That's not a secret, is it?
1: Um no, but the the highest price that I'm working on is actually um something it's some government property, and um, it's in the millions of dollars, and we're negotiating it right now. We're negotiating um a couple of properties right right as we speak.
4: No, I would mean residential.
1: Residential. Um, who do I have that's residential? That's. The one I have residential is not that high, it's around four ninety five.
2: Oh, right okay. now.
1: I have the highest one I have is four ninety five, I believe, it's like yeah. Does that help?
4: No,
5: really. Control. But, yeah, that
4: gives us an idea, but
5: that's okay. I, want, I really no. was looking for one of them, like, uh, $10
1: million houses. <laughs> really yeah, yeah. But, you know, if they- you stay in contact with me, I there are some that aren't, they're just, you know, they aren't so private, and I will be able to share it with you if you stay in contact with me. So, this is, what month is it? Yeah, we're in July, so just stay in touch with me. There are some other deals that aren't necessarily celebrities, but they are high-end. I'll be able to share them with you So if we stay I'm in good. touch.
4: <laughs> now, what's that high-end real estate magazine? There's a real estate magazine that you can buy, that, um, and I can't think of the name of it, that, that lists those type of homes.
1: There are a lot of out here. There are a okay. lot of magazines. Like there are a lot of luxury magazines here. Okay. Yeah. But so that
4: that was that was one that was on on the on the general on the general market. So the average home price out there in your area where you work residential is what price?
1: In my home or where my office is located? Are you just saying? Oh, are you, you saying Los want, Angeles? Los Angeles, yes. Median, 395, 395, because the- you have areas, you know, you have the Inglewood areas, and then you have the Palace Vernon estate area, so it kind of depends if you're talking about the valley, or you're talking about downtown, or it depends on what part of LALA is really, really large. Well, but- well,
4: believe it or not, my people, I had people out there in Compton that lived out there in Compton in the 60s, Ooh. and uh <laughs> I have been there. <laughs> have yeah, been
1: Compton there. is very, very affordable. It's very, very affordable, especially now.
4: And uh strangely enough they had a home. I didn't go went there when it was the sixty, I went there in the 80s. They had a home there that was I think it was bigger than the mayor's house. It was like it was a block long <laughs> a block long enclosed fits with another house on it. You drive up through the gate and <laughs> All that type of stuff. And interesting enough, nobody worked. I don't know what they were doing. But anyway, they had a, a big estate. So I guess uh You okay, it was where, in Compton? Yes, it's, it's a lo- it was a large house. The house wasn't a block lawn, but the whole property was about a black lo- block lawn with a huge house on it. You open up the gate, and you, and you drive on in, and there was another little house on
1: that property. Mm-hmm. Compton is one of the um, poorest areas here. Now, so it's it's probably changed the demographics and so forth. It's probably changed throughout the years.
4: It it may not have been more. Maybe it wasn't a lot of those houses,
1: but that that house was there. I was there. I've been there. Well, there are a lot. There are a lot of um, community. And political officials that govern the area that actually live in the area—they really live in the area—so there probably are some areas, some blocks, or so forth that are like that there.
4: It probably was. Probably in every town, you get.
1: You know. But that's nice. That's nice to know. I mean, that's nice to hear.
4: It it, it was one. Now I want to uh, ask you another question and. And you may you're not familiar as familiar with Chicago. I went to I went to L.A. and Compton and stayed out there a while in the 80s, in the early 80s. And one thing that I found out there that was that was not going on here, and was not the standard here when I in my age group because I was in my early 20s then I believe, and uh, right out of college, that everywhere we went. People had a house i don't i and I'm assuming they were buying them, or maybe they were renting them whereas in Chicago, everywhere you went in my age group, people had apartments, so the mindset it is' still like that uh or maybe it was like that before the crisis that their children uh are driven to purchase homes, and that was not the case here at all and everywhere we went. I don't even know if I went to an apartment in Compton when we went out to visit people. I went to Watts. I did go out to the projects in Watts. I don't think I went to an apartment to visit anyone. Everywhere I went, I went to a home. People had a house with a tree, an orange tree, a lime tree, you know, avocados, all these things going on. Is that still the mindset in
1: California
4: Uh, among the young people is that something a little bit different now.
1: From my personal experience, it is different. You have a mixture. You have some areas and some people that have homes, and other people have apartments. You can be working at a company, and everyone in that company will not have a home necessarily. It's a different generation, so you see that generational gap. You see where the parents own property, and but yet the children didn't take up that sector or they actually lost the property. It's a little different here and there's a mixture and it really depends on the area and it depends on a lot of different, um, just a lot of different dynamics. But no, everyone doesn't own a home. I can't even tell you what the percentages are, but you do find um, a sector of people that are buying apartments and you do find a sector of people. I have friends that came from Chicago that moved here and they have six-figure salaries and they moved into luxury apartments here. And they haven't purchased a home yet, yet they have six-figure salaries. And they're in luxury apartments. They pay about $2,500 a month in rent. Why, I'm not sure, but that's what they're doing.
4: And you you trying to change that, aren't you? <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. Can you buy a house? Would you buy one? <laughs> yeah, let me help a- you buy one. <laughs>
1: You know, I don't know if it's a stop, the type of living that they're looking for because, if, if you know, maybe they can, they feel like they can only purchase something in the 200 to 250 range, and they'll rather have that lifestyle, you know, the amenities and so forth, what it seems like. But many of them, yeah, they are renting still. And a lot of people I know, um, they rent houses. They rent homes as opposed to purchasing them. And, again, it may be they don't have the down payments because the down payments here, you know, can be a little excessive. And so there can be a lot of reasons why people aren't fully purchasing or they're delaying purchasing homes.
4: Well, the down payment can be excessive
1: because even if it's FHA, is that still 3% down? Yes, they're requiring that, and, you know, and I don't know everyone's situation. You know, people have situations of divorce. People have situations of separation, loss of job, you know, things their credit. So I don't know if people are just waiting. But you get a mixture. You get a mixture. It's not everyone that's jumping into the market quite yet. Great.
4: But is FHA requiring, still requiring only 3% down, or is it 5% now? And, um, 3%. Is it three percent? So if you're looking at a home that's five hundred thousand, that three percent could be quite a little bit of cash. Um, whereas if you're looking at a house that's hundred fifty thousand, it'll make it will make it more um affordable for you to even have that down payment. Let me ask you this other question. Do they still have those uh down payment assistance programs? I know that they were getting rid of them. Uh, do either you or Harold know about those those down payment assistance programs that were really hot uh, ten years ago?
1: Here in California, they still have a lot of down payment assistance programs, but they're different. Before, some of them didn't require that you come in with a down payment. Some of them you didn't have to have any of your own income. Actually, they have the it's stricter now. And a lot of people, some people qualify and some people don't. There are a lot of um, salary limitations and so forth, um, the number of people in the household. They have them. They're first come, first served. They're very challenging to get. You can find a home, but by the time you get funding, the um, program can be without funds. And so it's very tricky, but they are available still here. Great,
4: Rod. If you have some final questions and maybe have closing remarks for my guest.
5: Well, I think that you definitely got into it. Like I said earlier, you definitely was in the real estate arena, Sonia, because you definitely listed a bunch of questions from the beginning, and you still got that tweet. Uh, uh Do you want to hook up with Arnold and uh, Miss Bridges to? see what type of uh, role you can play in their uh, business. I guess the question is to you.
4: Well, uh, definitely. I think I'm feeling like a little bit motivated. I need to clear up everything, take care of everything, and go back and reactivate those licenses. And, of course, Ms. Bridget, Ms. Bridges will certainly be my referral contact out there. You can do real estate everywhere in the world. You just send a referral to Ms. Bridges. <laughs> she pays you a little bit and uh, take care of it for you. Well, Well, uh, I'd like to ask
5: Ms. Bridges this here. Is the the commercial part, and I'm getting back to the agenda of Black Wall Street, Uh
2: -uh. um,
5: purchasing commercial property in L.A., is there a trend among black people doing that, or are they basically... Again, as you compare to uh people that's more renters, is that the case with business folks as well uh are black business people are they do you see a trend of them owning their retail operations or are they basically renters?
1: That's a tough question to answer, but in my own personal experience, I see a lot of minorities getting into the game. A lot of them are buying their businesses. They're owning them. They're getting involved. They are some of the um, a um large amount of the investors we're seeing. It's not just the foreign investors that are coming in. The minority investors are coming in, too. Okay, um, well, I,
5: I guess uh um, just cut you a little bit well i use the term black you use the term minority how are you uh distinguishing the two
1: well i i meant african-american when i said minority So, yes, we are. We are involved, and we're getting in the game, and you're seeing more and more than I ever have before. The majority of the investors that fight over a lot of the properties that are coming in are minority, which, you know, I hadn't seen such an influx like this the way we are seeing today. So, yes, they are getting in the game, and they're getting involved, and they know the game, and they're wise. And a lot of them, you know, right now you see a lot of us, Getting PhDs, you see a lot of doctors. You know, you see a lot of people getting just getting involved, and they're taking that knowledge and they're doing something with it.
5: Is that the case, is uh, Arnold? Are you still with us? Uh, is Harold still with us? Um, Sonia? He's still
4: he's still there on the line. He may be taking a nap.
5: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, yes, well, we're definitely, again, that's just going back to the agenda of uh, Black Wall Street is to sustain and increase black businesses. But we do see that in order to do that, uh, as a statement that I used earlier, uh, freedom is ownership. And without ownership, there's not no real freedom, even as you compare it a lot of the younger 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 generation with six figure uh income are still looking at being um renters opposed to owners. And but you see but I'm and the question is, you know, reestating it, but you see more business people are becoming commercial real estate owners. Is that again what you see there in LA?
1: Yes, I'm sorry. Okay. You kind of faded out in and out well, at sorry. the end,
5: <laughs> Mhm, yeah, but do you see more business people becoming more retail business people becoming more commercial property owners? That's the case,
1: Yes, yes, you do. You are okay. seeing that a lot
5: okay well, um I you know the the programs that you're involved in, Miss Bridget, from your social um, involvement, your real estate and your entertainment and being a, a, a mother and a wife and being able to balance it all, do you see yourself as an example of your own motivation or is there something else that's motivating you? besides just your own drilling to do what you do?
1: God has been good to me, and anything I can do to help someone else, I like to do that. Um, God has been good. He's been faithful. And I want to uh, make a difference. I want to make a difference. I want to make a difference to the younger generation. They need to have role models that aren't just rappers. They need to have role models that know about business, that know how to open a business, that know how to purchase, and know about real estate, that know about income and finances and stock. And we need to take that and hand it to them and not just a name brand pair of jeans or a pair of sneakers.
5: Do you feel that, The generation, I don't know if you heard here in Chicago uh, that we are having this influx of shooting and killing among the youth, is that still the case in Los Angeles as well?
1: there are um, difficulties. There are certain regions and areas that have been affected by gangs and gang activity and things happening with the youth, and that's why it's great what we're doing to motivate the youth that they don't have to go that route, that there are other avenues that they can go, and there's other things that they can do. You don't have to rob, steal, or kill, and especially one another.
5: Mm -hmm. Well, so since you are um, in the social arena as well, Uh, do you see yourself as having the responsibility of communicating that, or is that just your natural flow?
1: One of the things we do is a program with Juvenile Hall where we actually go in and we encourage the youth, we talk to the youth, we mentor the youth, and we encourage them that they can do something with their life. A lot of times, many don't have a father. They don't have a role model. They don't have someone to look up to. And no one ever told them, you know, what it means to be a man, what a real man means. And the only encouragement they've ever gotten was from their gang leader or from someone from the hood that said they was their brother and turned their back on them. So we teach them elements that they haven't heard. We let them know that they're loved by us. They're loved by God. And we teach them how to do what they think they couldn't do. We encourage them to graduate, we encourage them to get their degrees, we encourage them to make a difference in their life, and that's why we do what we do, I go into the juvenile hall, that's why I help with Habitat and and the women transitional home, because we want to help them to transition, you know, into something better.
5: And do you feel as though they are paying attention, or are they just going along with you for the moment of your presentation?
1: We've been told that the suicide rate actually has dropped in the juvenile hall since the time that we've been there. We've been told gang activity and actually the percentage of the number of youth returning back to their gangs to the streets have dropped with our influence there. So there's actually reports that have been reported to us um, through the city, and we've received awards for the work, the work we've done there. And, yes, we know we've made a difference. They, they tell us, they cry, they don't want us to leave. Whoa. Um, that sort of thing, and we know we're making it with the youth and in the community.
5: Okay. Hello?
1: Yes, I'm here.
5: Okay. Well, that is uh, encouraging, you know, to hear, based on we do here in Chicago have some very mixture of, Uh, Communication among our youth And um, one thing That we looked at here In Black Wall Street Was That goes back to The commercial ownership Of uh, businesses Whereby In a lot of our communities We don't see Us being the owners Of commercial property We see others And the idea is Is that if the youth cannot see us being the example of ownership, then they cannot see no examples for themselves. Is that somewhat, do you think, may be the case in L.A., that the youth do not see enough people like you to follow?
1: exactly what they see are you know the tattoo athlete what they see is the hip-hop singers What they see is the movie stars, and a lot of them don't feel they can attain that, and a lot of them are left hopeless. They don't see the black Wall Street executive. They don't see the executive sitting in a boardroom making decisions. They don't see that, and they need to see that. They need to see it at home. They need to see it in their family. They need to see it around their community. They need to know that they themselves, you know, that that this is something that they can achieve and it's something they can become, and so it's fabulous what Black Wall Street is doing, the message that they're leaving, and the steps and just the footprints that they're putting in the sand for the youth to walk and to follow in, as well as, you know, everyone else. So thank you.
5: Okay. Well, I've definitely uh, enjoyed you being with us today along with Arnold. Uh, Sonia, did you say Arnold fell asleep or uh, he stepped away, or what happened to Arnold? Harold, are you there? Yeah, I'm He gonna... may have been. Oh, oh okay. okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> While here. we were talking about you, you didn't respond. That's okay. Well, oh, okay. Uh, again, uh, I just want to ask the same question. Um, based on you here in Chicago, and you definitely have heard the news, do you see the black community setting examples in the real estate industry? or you think it needs to be more of
0: it? Um, yeah, I see uh, a number of uh, realtors here in Chicago who are from the black community, but I also see um, a number of role models, and there's some very good realtors that I've met in my six years here. Uh, I I would say that um, the biggest thing is that Uh, Any adult, uh, especially if they have some time or can't put in the time, uh, would be, be, especially if they're doing well for themselves, it would be a a good role model. Uh, I would look at somehow involving young kids into the business some type of way, and that might mean during the summers uh, where they would uh, actually work for a a very good realtor, this kind of thing. Uh, I think that Mm -hmm. would be helpful. And, um, you okay. know, yeah, I think that would be much nice helpful. Well, you
5: know, yeah. well, we mm-hmm. got a yeah. an agenda with Black Wall Street, and mm-hmm. we haven't had you at a meeting in a while. We need to get – I know that you're busy selling those condominiums and making all that money downtown. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. we want to get you back to the table because we do want to focus on the commercial real estate on these Black Wall Street districts. Uh, So would you hurry up and sell the rest of those 24 condos so you can free up some of your time? I sure will. (laughs) I will do my best. And Harold,
4: would you give us us your contact information because we
5: have like 60 seconds?
0: Yes. um, My contact information is uh, uh, my phone number is my main uh, contact is 312 523 eight one seven four once again three one two five two three eight one seven four and uh you I can also be reached at um this uh email address which would be uh, uh info real estate one at gmail dot com. That's my Thank uh you. personal personal one. Thank you. Okay. And Miss Bridges you.
4: would you give our listeners your uh contact information?
1: Sure, Los Angeles Real Estate Los Angeles Real Estate
4: We want to thank both of you for being with us. I certainly appreciate you taking the time through our technical difficulties and everything. It's been a good show, and I'm sure our listeners have all learned something this evening. Ron,
5: uh,
4: you have 10 seconds.
5: Well, we look forward to the next summit for Black Wall Street, and uh, I'm really going to shine home on this real estate commercial development here in Chicago.
4: We want to thank you for listening to Black Wall Street USA. That's Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network. Black business is connecting across Chicago and the world. Thank you for joining us this evening. Everyone have a good evening and good night